Here we go. Welcome to the show. Today, I've got a good one for you. We are going to get into the depths of all of this and how it impacts you. That's the important thing. The first thing is the big steps that are occurring right now as it relates to the Federal Reserve and so much more. The second thing is the inflation stimulation, looking at it all over the place. My goodness, has it gone wild. And the third thing is the market upheaval. Markets have been up and down. You look at the market and you see you're, you're, oh, I'm up 10%. And then you look half an hour later and you're down 5%. And it's just oscillating like crazy. I'm going to show you some information surrounding that. Let's begin. I want to cover this right away, but if you stick with me until the end, I'm going to show you the hypocrisy going on right now with ESG funds. Stick with me, okay? Quantitative tightening looms for markets on hawkish Fed central banks shift from crisis support to fighting inflation. Remember, very important, and I do not see the other individuals, what I call the mainstream YouTubers, talking about, uh, you know, what what was happening before? No, the Federal Reserve said specifically that the actions that we are taking and the actions that we do, increasing interest rates, decreasing interest rates, printing money, taking away the money printing, these have no impact on inflation. That's all of a sudden they say, oh my goodness, we have to do this. We have to do this. They're, they're flip-flopping like crazy. And if you would take it a step further and maybe realize that, Hmm. Could it be possible they're trying to do this on purpose and create a crisis? Oh. Very few people, very few people talk about that and even think about it. Some remain wedded to QE, setting the scene for policy divergence. I don't think so. I think they're going to go for it personally, but there's a 60 days approximately in between now and that meeting where they could be hiking. So we'll see. Look at this. Bloated balance sheets. The Fed, B ECB, the BOJ, BOE, and the BOC. All of them are in estimate. We will see what happens to start to bring their balance sheets down. What is this? Look, all of the big central banks are basically saying we are going to print less money. You don't have to look too far because the last time this was done was in 2018. Apologies for the terrible writing. This is a with a trackpad 2018 what happened to the markets down 93 percent of assets declined that year i talk about this all the time but why because it's the most recent example of this occurring on top of that i mean imagine interest rates were super low they never even got high and then you look at how much money was in the system a historic amount so it's still flush with cash at that time just like today and you see, when you start to unwind that policy, what happens? It's disastrous. So the people have said, well, they're just not going to go ahead with it. Are they going to allow people to have nothing left? Is that what they're going to do? Because if that's the case, you got something else to be worried about. You and your neighbors are going to start to see the situation getting worse all around you. If you're in a neighborhood where, you know, certain conditions are happening, maybe things are going to be even worse. I don't know. Okay. This is not a good thing. People will say, well, I'm shielded from all of this. No, you've got to get prepared. You got to get wise. And they're not going to tell you. All the mainstream media is not going to tell you. And the YouTubers are not going to tell you. They want clicks. 
They want those. Anyway, all told, Bloomberg expects the group of seven central banks will add just 330 just 330 billion dollars to their balance sheets this year, a sharp drop from more than eight trillion dollars added over the last couple of years in a bid to ease markers, uh, markets, contain borrowing costs, and spur demand and risk taking. This is what they try to do. They try to control centrally planned economies. The, oh yeah. We want this to happen, so we're going to pump money in there. Oh, we don't want that to happen. We're going to take it out of there. And they think that they can do the centrally planning nonsense, and it never works. It really doesn't. Okay? So they just get into the QE, and I think it's really key to break it down. Goldman Sachs believing that there, there will be five rate increases in 2022. So we're talking about you know, multiple times. In a given year, I don't know. I don't, you know, I do think they're going to increase. I don't think it's going to be five times, but hey, it's just a guess. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I think they're going to, look, I mean, look, 1.25% to 1.5%. I have mentioned this multiple times before that I believe the, you know, the rate at which it would be disastrous is 0.75 to 1%. That is my take. Uh, I've had people asking me why, why this number? It's simply, if you look at what happened with interest rates previously, they obviously spiked 1980, you get this crazy uh, situation happening. And then sort of this um, scenario in which I'm going to butcher this drawing now, but basically, you know, they, they bring interest rates down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, and then we hit the floor, okay, and here we are, basically, okay? So during this process here, you look at this and you just have this kind of crude drawing and you look at where it would be because they can never bring it back to its previous high. As it was, like it was, uh, you know, 5.5. I think 5.37 at the peak. Anyway, let's just say 5.5. Then previous, uh, after that, I should say it was about 2.45 or I'll just say 2.5. And so we get can't get any higher. And I think it's going to be 0.75 to 1.0 before causing a problem. It's not that they can't increase beyond that. It's just once they get to that range, it's going to be too tight. So we'll see what happens. Everything is going up right now. As a result of this, inflation is getting hot. Hog futures hit a six-month high on California pork rule delay. You will see what's going on, not just with pork, but I mean, it's everything. People are telling me, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm paying more than ever before. People in California, their um, fruits and vegetables are probably going to be cheaper than a lot of the other places, particularly in those in the northern climates. That's obvious. But... Uh, overall, just people are paying more for everything. You know that. It's still going on. I'll give you the updates if you stay tuned. If you appreciate the information, hit that thumbs up. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up. It's right down there. Mandela's CEO says shoppers will begin to push back on prices, saying that they've accepted them. They've accepted them, yeah. But there comes a time in which they say that's enough. So far, price increases have not had a lot of effect on volumes because, of course, people still need to buy stuff. And if they want their, as they mentioned here, snacks and candies, they will say, you know, I can afford the $3. I can afford the $4. I'll do that. But it gets to a certain point where they can't. Okay. 
And essentially, he's just saying, I assume that the consumer will change, will get out of this situation to start to spend more on other items. And they start to eat out more and so on. That's where the moment comes that they might not be so benign as relates to the price elasticity. We will see what happens. This, though, is so key. Because you could say, that, look, look, the, yeah, people's wages are increasing. Well, not really. If you look at it in real terms, even using the numbers, which are, in my opinion are not very real at all. But you can see that it's kind of been declined. Like even as it was in the positive, you know, you saw a huge surge, people getting cash from all over the place. And then that starts to decline. Okay. Real scenario real wages declining. I think it's important to follow all of this information to get a good look at what's been happening because it affects you. But what's going on with the markets? What are people doing with their money? How does this all break down? This is Goldman Sachs sentiment indicator. And essentially, fear right now is taking hold. They are in this mode of what they call light positioning light positioning and that that has changed okay because previously they was towards the extremely light positioning and if i show you what's going on in the markets there might be you know situation in which if you could see that on my mouse here this is the dow jones it's kind of coming up you know we are it closed above the 200 day moving average which is obviously positive uh but the uh, and as well as the smp and the Dow Jones closing above their 200-day moving average, but the NASDAQ and the Russell, the small caps, below their 200-day moving average. So we need to kind of see that getting pushed up. We will see what happens uh, right here. I think based on the month-end rebalancing uh, that you could actually see Monday's trading session being pushed up, but total speculation, we'll see what happens. The markets are too volatile right now, that's for sure. Meeting S&P 500 returns since 1950, essentially just saying buy the dip. That's what Goldman Sachs wants you to know. Buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. Okay. Distribution of 12-month S&P 500 forward returns after buying 10% off its high. Again, same situation. Historically, if the market comes down by 10%, you buy in, you do well. I'm just showing you the data. Doesn't mean that that's the case. You stay to the end. You get the interesting, I'll call it hypocrisy. I mean, come on. Top 10 holdings in the five biggest ESG funds in the US. And I will show you Europe as well, my friends. In Europe, I haven't forgot about you. Look, ridiculous. The largest US ESG funds still maintain holdings that are very similar to the broader market. What is it? Apple, Microsoft. Amazon, you know, Tesla, NVIDIA, Walt Disney, and so on. Does that make sense to you? Maybe some of I mean, I don't know, but maybe some of them are part of that. Probably not. Look at this. Top 10 holdings in the five biggest ESG funds of Europe. European ESG funds continue to be more differentiated to the market compared with the U.S. funds. However, there are strong similarities between the funds. Okay, you just look through, you see a lot of the European companies in here, Nestle, um, you know, just L'Oreal is in here, and, you know, they have the same thing. 
what I'm just showing you here is that this right now is no different than what we have seen before. They are trying to attract the most amount of money for their funds. They're trying to bring that in and they need to get the shareholders to basically stick with them. Hold on. How do you do that? You give them returns. So if you've got to break the rules, you got to break the rules. That's what this is all about. Okay, come on. It's not ESG. It's a lie. It's a lie. Environmentally friendly? Not really. Okay. If you appreciate this information, if you want to support the channel, it's pretty easy. Click that thumbs up button. It's right down there below. Don't go anywhere until you do so. If you're not subscribed already, I don't know why you are not. This is the channel that continuously and never ending um, unwinding of the channel subscribers every day I check, it gets a little bit lower. So if you want to be part of those that do join in, all you got to do, click that subscribe button and join the channel, join the truth. This channel goes way far and beyond where we see, you know, the mainstream uh, YouTubers, those individuals will get into scratching the surface. But if you want the truth, here it is. If you haven't seen this video yet, you definitely want to check it out. Just click it and I'll see you there.